Hello, this is Roy Mitchell, and this is Hibla Minute. And what we need in Hibla, I'd say we need in a lot of places, are new voices and new ideas. And we need hip-hop, and I think a queer guy doing hip-hop is a voice we need to listen to. This podcast guest is Count Classy, a new-age hip-hop artist, and I loved the introduction he sent to me where it read, His music is compelling, original music that grabs the listener and gets them grooving before they even realize they are experiencing history. Gets them grooving before they even realize they are experiencing history. Experiencing history, indeed. It was a pleasure to talk to Count Classy, a young queer artist starting out on a career in the middle of a pandemic. We talk about that in addition to what it means to be Count Classy, what inspires him, and hip-hop. And we end the show with his single, Good Vibes. Count Classy, welcome to Hibla Minute. And before we get into the future, let's get into the past. How did you celebrate Pride in this pandemic year? Okay, so Pride. Very difficult to go out and be your fabulous self when you're stuck indoors. So I was actually fortunate to join some local Toronto programming. I didn't actually host any events. I was just part of discussions and roundtables and just to ensure that we still kept Pride somewhat political and be a part of the community. If you can't get out there physically, there's no reason why you can't be out there digitally. I've just been doing a lot of like what we're doing right now, interviews and Zoom calls and that kind of stuff and just trying to connect just from my own living room. You were, before you got into being a hip-hop star, you were a ghostwriter for other artists. What's that like? And what, what did you do as a ghostwriter? Obviously, I can't tell you who I ghostwritten for, because that goes against my NDA non-disclosure agreements. They're actually like rappers and hip-hop artists that were on a couple of world tours that I was able to watch them perform at and understand their stylings, understand the way they like to interpret themselves artistically. So what that meant is writing in my little musical book, trying to get their voice, their melodic hooks, and then I just send it to them and see if they like it. I also did digital ghostwriting as well. They were trusting enough to give me their passwords to all their social media accounts. And I would just interact with fans and other people that had general questions and just to keep their online presence going. I've done lyrical ghostwriting and I've also done digital social media strategy and ghostwriting. So do a lot of hip hop artists have ghostwriters like you? Is that a common thing? No, it really depends on the artists themselves. I mean, every single artist will work with a ghostwriter eventually, even though they'll claim that they never do. Sometimes you'll have a bunch of lyrics that are just kept around that are pretty generic, or that you think that they create a good summer pop anthem or a hip-hop anthem, and then you'll ship it around to see if anybody are interested in those lyrics, and then they'll buy them off of you. All right, so you have all these secrets about all these people then especially especially when you uh get all their access to their dms and you know you see all the people thirsting for them in their private messages (laughs) oh my god write a book (laughs) and is it a collaborative process when you're ghostwriting do you have like friendships with these people yes everyone that i've 
a ghost written for. I've known personally, I've developed some sort of some sort of acquaintance, you know, acquaintance relationship with them. I think I've only sent out my lyrics to I think maybe a handful of artists where I've never actually met them. When you become involved in hip hop, you're a performer now. Is there something you had to give up because you're starting your career in hip hop? That's a difficult question because right now I'm still juggling a nine to five job because that is what pays my bills. The hip hop dream is always a grind and a hustle. When you do an alternative route, because I worked an office job, I have a persona as Matthew, and then I come out as Count Classy, this fabulous hip hop, hip hop diva. I have no fucks to give and I'll say it to you straight up. But you got to be careful with how you interact with your audience. So there's a lot of things like, for example, on my LinkedIn that I wouldn't necessarily talk about Count Classy for because it's just separate audiences that I'm working with. Some people that are in my business professional relationships won't necessarily uh, resonate well with the type of lyrics I'm putting out for. But the mainstream crowd loves those kind of lyrics. So it's definitely juggling two different spheres and two different worlds. Count Classy, evenings and weekends. (laughs) (laughs) And what makes Count Classy classy? With Count Classy, I try to create mainstream music that will hit home in the suburban middle-aged moms that are listening on the radio, all the way to the divas in California, all the way to my bros in here in the six in Toronto. I try to create something for everyone that they can all kind of listen to and resonate with. So with the Count Classy brand, it's about being strong, fierce, independent, shimmering with glistening light and energy while still maintaining an elegance to it, a poise, a regalness to Count Classy and not just coming out here like, ah, you know, spit on that dick and take it. That's just not the type of lyrics or imagery that I want to push towards my fans and and the people that are listening to my music. And also because when I was young, I didn't have any, you know, LGBTQ role models to look up to. So I want to be that role model for the younger generation. If you align your energies and your spirits and you're always in good practices and you have a great positive attitude, you'll find yourself aligning with people in your network that really support you, have so much love for you. And I just want to instill that to the next generation so that they grow up with a sense of hope as opposed to a sense that is shrouded in mystery when I was growing up as a kid. Being like, what is it? what does it mean being an adult that's LGBT? I don't see any representation in my media or my music. So that's what I want to do with my brand. I have always believed that us gay men, queer men, live for our divas, especially when we're young. And you're 28 now. Yes, yes. So who are some of your divas? Uh, Whitney Houston. Okay. Beyonce. Okay. I loved Shania Twain. I love Alanis Morissette, that pop rock grunge diva, that persona that she created. I love that, the Canadiana divas. That's its own separate brand of diva. I would probably say my top two, though, would be Whitney Houston and Beyonce because they're both fierce in their own way. Beyonce just oozes independence, strong women the allyship with the with the queer community was present in both you always find the strong divas to resonate with especially as queer children because that's where you hear your kind of like your own voice when you don't have those queer idols to look up to divas are the are the next best thing and you kind of learn 
to embrace your queerness with your bravery and your voice and your strength by listening to a lot of these ballads and anthems that these divas put out into the industry. You're 28. How far back do you go? Judy Garland, Barbara Streisand, is that something you can say, hey, they're divas too, I really like them, or just like they're right off your radar? No, I, 100% they're divas. I mean, divas come in every generation, and I may not resonate that much to Judy Garland, but I can appreciate what she's brought to the queer culture and her being a queer icon, same with Barbara. I always want to give respect and give the flowers where it's due, so... Kudos to, I mean, all, all divas from all generations, cross genre even, like Dolly Parton, country diva. You, and like I said, you got the, the grunge diva of Alanis Morissette, and you got the uh, alternative, you know, the alternative music of Sarah McLaughlin. Some people are like, she's not a diva, but for me, she is, because she was able to put her foot down and create her own lane here in Canada and bring that voice to so many that didn't have it at the time. Her Lilith Fair, for example, that big concert that promoted women empowerment. Yes, I would agree that everybody has their definition of diva. I wouldn't put Sarah McLaughlin in that. <laughs> the way you throw your blonde curls around, I don't know if they're still blonde, I get a bit of a Janet Jackson vibe from like the 90s. Is that something you're going for? <laughs> I love adding colors to my curls, trying to make a difference. I've noticed that the bleach platinum blonde is super in, especially in hip hop. I was like, fuck it, let's just make my whole head go platinum blonde. It was actually right before my trip to Los Angeles. It was just fake hair in that fake culture. Just having the blonde locks like that definitely makes you stand out. And I can see why a lot of people, you know, choose to rock that look. With the whole Janet Jackson vibe, she's a true icon. I wouldn't say that she inspired the, the look, but I can definitely see the parallels with that. And I'm super honored. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's go to the whole look. Like, what's... What's the style that Count Classy brings to the stage? What's your look? Definitely a shroud of mystery. I enjoy wearing sunglasses that are quite in your face, diva, gold, black. I like to shimmer in the light. I love, I love it when the light just hits you and you have that glistening effect that comes off of your clothes. So right now it's black, gold, and mysterious. That's Count Classy. You call yourself a new age hip hop artist, and I like the combo, but I wonder if you could explain it. When I think of new age, I think of calm, laid back, and when I think of hip hop, I think of ass shaking music. And how do these two mix? <laughs> Especially in like newer form of hip hop, and I do credit Drake for this, he's brought a lot of melodic tunes to the hip hop. You know, old school hip hop was very underground, it's free verse, freestyle. They hit the streets, they talk about their struggles, their oppression. And it's very da 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 And there's not really breaks with with a chorus in there. Going back to Drake, I am inspired by Drake and his team and how he can create new sounds in the hip hop industry. The kind of relaxed vibe, especially like Hotline Bling, Hold On, We're Going Home. Those are two great examples. So with the whole new age concept, I firmly believe in aligning energies and practices so that it's totally positive, letting people resonate with their own relationships with their creator and trying to bring out the best practices with everyone, regardless of your background, your religion, sexual orientation. Like, so with the whole new age concept, it, that's what it is. It's, it's a new age. It's trying to be more at Zen with your own internal relationships with your religion or your practices or your ideologies and 
promoting a, a sense of peace and a sense of respect to one another, intertwining that with hip hop, being gay and queer and hip hop, for me, that encompasses like the new age ideology. You're in Toronto now. You grew up in Toronto. And I imagine Toronto right now is a pretty quiet place for places to play music. Yes. How are you feeling your time? And how has the pandemic had an impact on your work, your plans for your music? Right now, I am writing new material for my second album. I'm taking the quarantine time to understand more about my identity as Count Classy. What kind of role model I want to be, what kind of values I want to instill through my music and networking. I've spent a lot of time indoors just on my social media, hitting up DMs on different producers. Like, for example, right now, Trolls by 6ix9ine and Nicki Minaj is a super hot song. I went right into Spotify. I looked who was producing the track because I loved the beat itself. And I just hit them up on DMs just to praise them and say, well done on the beat. You know, give respect where it's due. And I've been doing a lot of that, you know, in quarantine. I was supposed to have a concert in support of Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto here in Adelaide Hall. But, you know, Rona happened and we had to cancel. You know, we're still working working towards putting that event together. But next year, everything right now has just been pushed onto the back burner. And I've just been focusing on things that I can do internally, developing my sound, developing new lyrics for my next album networking and just doing promotions for my album and are you able to keep that day job too is that still happening yes you know i'm very fortunate that the day job is uh within the grocery industry so i'm just as busy in that day job as i've been pre-pandemic i'm very fortunate i'm working i'm juggling a lot and let's say you could play anywhere in toronto and money and the pandemic were not a problem where would you like to play and why Rogers Center, definitely. I believe it's the biggest venue in Toronto. And I had incredible VIP seats for the Beyonce concert when she was doing her formation, that album, the formation, the Lemonade Tour. So when she came to Toronto, I watched her at the Rogers Center and just the amount of energy and people that, that are in that arena, you cannot match that energy with anywhere else. That would be my ideal place because I feed off of energy. So if I had that huge arena sold out, the feeling would be absolutely euphoric. Other than the Rogers Center, I would absolutely be down to perform at Rebel Nightclub. It's such a cool space to perform there because you actually are quite intimate with your fans. Fans are able to buy one ticket price and depending on how early you get there you can be that close in proximity to the stage and you really can see how artists perform on stage their facial expressions their mannerisms the amount of sweat that they're producing it's a lot more uh, evident when you're performing at a small space like rebel than like performing at the rogers center where your fans are 400 feet away from you and what was the last concert you saw last concert i saw I believe would be, I want to say Nicki Minaj. Let's go with Nicki Minaj. So that's a diva right there. That is definitely a diva. And that was a, that was a full concert. Totally cool vibe and experience. But I lied. That wasn't my last concert. My last concert actually was in the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles this past January when I was in LA. I was just hanging out with my uncle and my auntie and was able to get tickets to one of Bobby D's shows. Bobby D is an event 
promotions company there that hires some of the biggest talent in Los Angeles. So it was a Keith Sweat, TLC, and others on the bill, a lot of old school, but legendary and iconic acts. You know, it's one thing seeing a concert from where the fans sit. It's another thing being on side stage where you see the behind the scenes, you see the backup dancers. Like, for example, TLC had, I believe, four backup dancers with some, like, LED wings that they were dancing with on stage. And then you see them, the backup dancers, you know, walking to the sides of the stage and then they just drop their wings and they pick up their cell phone and they're just checking their social media until they have to get back on stage for the next part of the song or the set or whatever. So it's it's actually really funny seeing the dichotomy between what is presented to the fans and what you see behind the scenes, backstage, in the green rooms. You mentioned your aunt, your auntie and uncle, and you're talking about the rapper Tone Locke, who is your uncle, and he played a big role in introducing you to music and artists. Could you explain how he's helped you in your career? I actually had no idea growing up that I was even remotely associated with a celebrity. Probably in university, that's when I started to learn more about my family that was in Los Angeles. I actually have family on both sides of, you know, my dad and my mom. Both sides of my family live in LA. When I was able to fly there for the first time a couple of years ago and actually meet Tony in person, it was such a, a cool feeling to kind of just be like, huh, this is my life right now. And so when I got there, you know, you meet Tony with this very famous gravelly voice. Yo, what's up, man? The way he talks like that. And through him, I was able to network, meet all these fantastic people at the different concerts. And here, when he was performing in London, Ontario, Canada, he was on the bill with Genuine, Mace, Shaggy, Snoop Dogg. Maybe I'm forgetting someone else, but just being in that whole experience behind the scenes. I'm obviously fans of all those artists, but you got to kind of play it cool as well, right? Because they're so used to people running up to them being like, oh my God, I love you. Seeing how they interact behind the scenes, all the work that it takes to make sure that, you know, the artists and the crew and everything's set up before they even hit the stage, seeing how they interact with other fans, how they perform, how they get ready to perform, how they get in the zone. With artists, when they're performing, they're always in a zone. You don't ever talk to them before they're about to hit the stage because you can break their concentration or whatever energies that they're channeling to kind of get through that performance. And especially right after when they leave the stage, you don't want to talk to them because they need that cooling down period to get off of that performance high because it's such a natural rush. Oh, yeah. So what makes a good performer, a good performer. You have to connect with your audience and whether that is fine-tuning your your sexuality, your, your goofiness, your fierceness, taking what you are known to do and projecting that into your audience. So Count Classy is quite mysterious, but also goofy and comedic. So if I can make my audience laugh in a concert, you have them sold. They're now invested in what you're trying to sell them, which is your music. You have to try to build that relationship with the audience. You kind of have to make sure you mention wherever you're performing. And if I'm in Toronto, be like, you know, I love my Toronto fans, Toronto this, Toronto that. I love you guys. I love this. That building that report with the audience is huge because if your audience is not feeling it, 
it's like herd mentality. The whole audience is not going to feel it. And your latest release that came out in May is called Good Vibes. And it's all about slowing down, enjoying music, smoking a J. And Canadian rapper Chuck Clair collaborated on that song with you. And that's a big deal. Can you tell us who Chuck Clair is uh, for the people that don't know and how that collaboration came about? Definitely. Chuck Clair is an OG Canadian icon rapper who I believe in 1998 or 1999, he released his album with the single called Let's Ride. He was the first Canadian rapper to be signed to an American US label. I actually seen Chuck live performing when he was on tour with Classified and Maestro Fresh West. They were doing their Canadian Classics tour. I think at that point I was, how wicked would it be to collaborate with one of these guys? And so I hit up the DM. That's the one thing that's super important. Always be bold and just hit up the DMs. The worst that's going to happen is they're going to look at it and not respond or just say no. And you just got to keep trying. And when I hit up Claire, I told him who I was. And I said, you know, I'm the nephew of Tone Woke. And he, he's interested in, in doing a remix later on down the road. And Claire was definitely interested in that. And, and he was interested in working with a new Canadian artist, especially a queer artist. And Claire, I think, is like one of the nicest guys in the hip hop industry. And that's something that I think he wears with pride, just being a very formidable and respectable man who created his own lane here in Canada. And for him to say, you know, I'm down to do this collaboration. I sent him the beat to Good Vibes. He was like, I'm down. Give me a couple weeks. Let me get into the studio with my engineer and I'll send it back. And it was actually the first take of lyrics that he sent back. And I was like, I love everything about it. Don't change anything. He's like, cool, let me just go polish it up. Within three weeks, Roy, I had a feature. I had Chocolair's bits to put into Good Vibes. So I linked up with my engineer here, and then we created this three minute and 26 second 420 anthem. And so far, it's been well-received, one of my strongest singles off of my album. And I'm just super honored to have the experience working with such a great Canadian, uh, such as Chocolair. And we're going to play good vibes at the end of the podcast. But before we go, I want to talk about politics and hip-hop. And it's a music, like so many musical forms, that come out of the Black experience. And during these times where we should be doing as much as possible to support and work for change and recognizing the inequalities, especially those highlighted by Black Lives Matter, what are you doing? The first thing I always want to state to people, and, and because I wear a privilege of being so light-skinned, I'm actually biracial myself. I've been approached by many people being, hey, I noticed that you didn't post this specific thing or you didn't attend this, this march or this protest. And the one thing I always tell them is, A, I hope you realize that you're talking to a biracial person. And two, is my existence is resistance. The fact is that my family, who, you know, my grandmother was white, married a black man, created my dad, and in turn created me. I wear my blackness with pride, and I always ensure that that blackness is not erased from my identity. And for me, like I said, my existence is resistance. So the fact that I'm able to create art, still cultural values through my music, that in itself is part of the Black experience. Having said that, I still wanted to go further than that. 
I actually teamed up with my distributor and we are giving a portion of proceeds off of my debut album, Seven Deadly Sins. If you buy it digitally online, proceeds go to the legal defense team of the NAACP. And I'm super proud to announce that. I'm super proud to share that with everybody. I Hopefully it's more of an incentive to support myself, a queer biracial artist from Toronto who's also helping the legal defense team of the NAACP. Hopefully that in itself will inspire others to be more involved with their local activism. And the one thing is, don't assume that because you're just one person and you're not able to dismantle systemic racism over 24 hours, it's not going to work like that. You got to take baby steps and think about actively how I can better serve the Black community, other people of color, and especially the Indigenous, because I want to challenge our government. I think our legislation for Indigenous folks is bullshit, and hopefully create a more inclusive and diverse future, even if it's just through my music and my artistry. Beautiful. And now, I think we're ready to listen to Good Vibes. Get ready for it. You want to set it up, Count Classy? Set it up how? Do I just introduce it? How do you want us to enter into this experience? I want you to forget your worries. Erase your head like an like an etch-a-sketch. Just shake it. Doing it. And for the next three and a half minutes, I want you to just relax. Don't think about no fears, no stress, because life is too fucking beautiful to be stressed out. Take a moment to relax. Roll a split if that floats your boat. Maybe pour a shot or a drink and just embrace the beauty that's around you. And that in itself is the essence of good vibes. And I want to thank everyone for supporting me. I want to thank Chocolair. And I want to thank you, Roy, for having me on. And let's just do it. Roll out the good vibes. All right. Thank you so much, Count Classy. Thank you so much, Roy. Talk soon. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Shout out to Mickey. Don't come back down. Yo. 
roll up, blow up the smoke in the air. The way that we move, yo, it just ain't fair. But who cares? Our vibes like feather in the wind, it begins with your lips and your kiss and your hips on my hips in the back of the Lincoln thinking. Yeah. Sunlight breaking, no mistaking of what happened. Good night, good vibes, good friends. Good weed, you looking damn good in them jeans. Roll up them trees, up and exhale trees. to enemies. enemies. We on white sands and our hand movements are outlandish. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah, you're thinking on me. Gotta wonder what made you be. Buy some ethics, lies, we rule, we living life for you to control. Puff, puff, made me bright. College papers up all night. Still walking out on his degree. Toke after toke and leap after leap. True story, you better believe. We the people gotta succeed. Everybody be who they wanna be. Don't hide, fly high, soar through that blue sky. it thank you so much for this interview and your music count classy looking forward to listening to more and people can find links to your social media in the podcast description and thanks everyone for your support and feedback i really appreciate your messages your shares and your comments it gives me good vibes and that's great segue if you've listened this far you deserve to hear that song again so one more time enjoy i hope your summer is going well we got the rain we needed so badly Until next week, this is Roy Mitchell, and this has been Hibla Minute. And this is Count Classy and Good Vibes one more time. Shout out to Mickey.
way that we move, yo, it just ain't fair. But who cares? Our vibes like feather in the wind, it begins with your lips and your kiss and your hips on my hips in the back of the Lincoln thinking. Yeah. Sunlight breaking, no mistaking of what happened. Good night, good vibes, good friends. Good weed, you looking damn good in them jeans. Roll up them trees, up exhale to enemies. enemies. We on white sands and our hand movements are outlandish. Hey, yeah, hey, you're thinking on me. Gotta wonder what made you be. Buy some ethics, lies, we rule, we live in life for you to control. Puff, puff, made me bright. College papers up all night. Still walking out, honest degree. Toke after toke and leaf after leaf. True story, you better believe. We the people, gotta succeed. Everybody be who they wanna be. Don't hide, fly high, soar through that blue sky. from Roy and Hibla Minute. Until next week, take care.